Hey everyone, welcome to the next edition of e-commerce insights podcast. I'm your host, Scott DeGrossier, founder and CEO of Wicked Reports. Today we have Josh Marsden with us. Josh is an e-com serial entrepreneur, international best-selling author, and the owner of the Arm5 Formula Company. He's also a Wicked certified partner, which is a especially prestigious designation he has. Josh has helped scale some e-com companies to seven to nine figure valuations in one to two years on average. He does this with Done For You Mentoring, the Arm5 Formula Accelerator, which we will be talking about, and Done For You Partnerships. So Josh, welcome. I've known you for a while. Glad to have you on the pod finally. Yeah, thanks for having me, Scott. I appreciate it, man. So let's uh, let's get into it right away. So brief background, which I gave on you, but what are like your typical clients? Their tech stack and ad spend. What's the where do they come to you? What state are they in? What are you helping them do? Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, we typically work with uh, e-commerce businesses selling a physical product. It's kind of a wide range as far as what where they're at success wise. But ideally, they have sales. They've had at least twenty thousand per month, and their ad spend budget is at least. 2000 or more. And that's really for the done with you side with our arm five form accelerator mentorship program with uh, the partnership side where we partner with companies and basically run their entire marketing or advertising. Those companies are, as you can imagine, we're a little bit more picky and who we pick on that side. And uh, we really try to work with companies that have had legitimate success that also have ad spend budgets. They can really put behind scaling, growing the brand with our help. And so those can be much more in ad spend that could be more like towards 20,000 to 100,000 per month in ad spend. How did you get involved with scaling e-com companies doing all the fun? I mean, there's so many different pieces to the funnel. I know you guys do a lot of different pieces. Well, like how did that transpire? Well, it goes all the way back to 2013. I think you and I met 2014 mm-hmm. and I started more in automation, more in Fusionsoft and when I first got started, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I was like new to having being a business owner and being a freelancer basically and working with companies and making my own money. And at that point in time, you know, I was uh, building out workflow automation plus marketing automation. And I really like, even though I could figure out the workflow automation systems that I was building based on the requests that I was getting from clients I had at the time, I really flocked more towards marketing because I had a performance based background in everything I was doing prior to that uh, in sales, sales management, et cetera. And so that really gave me a lot more passion. And so I eventually just went towards that. And and so 2013-14, I started working with e-commerce companies and uh, I had some great results with a few companies early on too. And I was just running their email marketing and their automation and their SMS marketing back then. And then since then, it just evolved into funnels and you know doing copywriting, doing design, doing development, and then also making sure that the automation set up to really support those funnels with emails and stuff like that, and then doing split testing and optimization. And then I had a, uh, a friend who was a business coach also, he recommended to me back in like 2016 that I should add on doing ads with funnels. Because at the time, we were selling funnels for about 10 to 35,000 upfront uh, with a, a management fee afterwards as well. And so I added on then ad services and you know, really trained myself on Facebook ads and you know, all that good stuff and, 
and you know, after that, you know, just we basically kind of stacked the services that we offer from there. And we started to, this actually leads into why we have now the on five formula company, because it, it really led to us really seeing like there was a, a, a consistent uh, process and a consistent system that e-commerce businesses need to be able to maximize their ROAS from their ads. And it was, it was really a combination of content marketing, funnels, websites, emails, ads, SMS, doing all that very, very well to a high level. And so we actually started delivering that on a consistent basis over the last several years in what we call the on five formula, which is my trademark system and process for scaling e-commerce businesses now. So that's basically the long story in short. You know, that's how I got started and how I led my company uh, into where we're at right now. So this focus on e-commerce clients, I mean, a lot's been a pretty chaotic past year for everyone for a lot of reasons, e-com challenges as well. What are they struggling with most right now? That's a good question. That's a good question. You know, I, I think that it's, you know, it's, it's not relevant to the times necessarily. E-commerce businesses, depending where they're at, like let's just talk about maybe the newer ones that are making less than 20,000. Typically, they struggle with marketing knowledge, tech knowledge knowing how to do this stuff because they're not that's not what they are you know they're not traditionally marketers getting started you know they're they've got all sorts of different backgrounds and somehow they got into e-commerce and they've had some success and but there's a gap there that they're that they don't have that they're trying to fill in some way and and whether it's books courses mentorships obviously i you know have a mentorship program uh, but that's those companies that's what they struggle with the companies that are um, doing more volume, they really struggle with just getting more done faster and being able to really review their business consistently and be able to see the patterns, to see like what's working best, what isn't, uh, to be able to really make those shifts in their marketing and their advertising to see the biggest gains. They, that's where they struggle the most is just those specific areas typically. And that's why I've worked with those companies on more of a done for you side over the last several years uh, because they need help with bandwidth. They need help with strategy. They need help with analytics, optimization, and, and getting better performance out of every dollar they're spending on ads. And they want to obviously scale that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone needs help with analytics. That's why we exist. <laughs> so with your ad buying, when you do ad buying for people, how is it one specific channel, multiple channels? How do your strategies differ if you are doing multiple channels, which I believe you are? How do you break down the different um, approaches like Facebook versus Google versus you know some other social channel? Yeah. Yeah, we do do omni-channel advertising. I actually highly recommend every company is doing an omni-channel advertising strategy and not over overly relying on one channel, especially like Facebook, for example, just because of the iOS 14 updates. Um, so we do handle all that and how we approach it is we just, we do research. We go through a very comprehensive, uh, planning phase before we even do anything with the company. And we really figure out who their market is and where we can find them and what our competitors doing to have success as well. So this way we can really formulate what's the best attack plan. What's the best channels for us to really, really focus on and they use their ad spend budget towards. And then. You know, after that, it's just a matter of you know, ongoing management and analytics and making changes based on analytics. Um, you know, Wicked Reports is phenomenal for this. Your software, for example, allows us to really see with clarity what is working in a business that we're managing and uh, what 
tweaks we can make to be able to optimize and maximize the ROI that they're getting from their ad spend because your system allows the, the data to be so granular and also so accurate. And then, of course, you've got the attribution models, which I know is a more advanced topic, but those attribution models help as well. And so that's how we're able to like, really get some significant results with those companies uh, that we're managing is by really diving into that aspect of the business and delivering on that. Yeah, I I agree with you. You know, iteration is not a sexy topic, but anyone that's achieving success is, iter- you know, you come in with ideas that will give lift on a brand if they just have terrible marketing or completely overlooked some obvious thing that you know works. But then when it's like month two or three, and it's like, how am I going to keep making the client happy? You got to iterate on what you have, which is more of a methodical. It more means processes and operations and less about a whiz-bang idea necessarily, which people don't always like to hear. But I mean, iteration, it, I always feel like it's a relief because it means it's achievable. <laughs> it's iterating and improving each month, not necessarily you need a eureka bolt of inspiration for a new ad. Yeah. So it's yeah. nice to hear you also echo that. So I know part 100%. of that is like landing pages. So first with e-com, I mean, a lot of times e-com, you know, they just drive traffic to their store. Maybe that's where you're already helping them to be like, hey, that's, there's more to e-com than just driving to buy now. Do you use landing pages in e-com? And if so, talk about some of that, some of the pros and cons of just going to the store versus landing page. When do you use each and all on that topic? Yeah, no, I love this. I love that you brought this up actually, because I'm very much a funnel guy. Like I'm not a e-commerce guy in, in some respects because uh you know i used to do funnels or more than e-commerce at one point years ago before i really niched down into e-commerce in 2017 i feel like that just about every single e-commerce business needs an actual funnel not just their site best practice is to use a funnel for acquiring customers and not your website and then use your website to get your customers to come back and purchase more after they've become familiar with your brand they've seen value from your brand but I love it. I love it. Yeah. You just, you lose people. You lose people on a standard e-commerce site. There's too many distractions, too many links, too many directions. And the whole point of funnel and the beauty of it is that, you know, it's a focused path that you have influence over way more than an e-commerce site with all the links that an e-commerce site has and all the products that a particular e-commerce site has. You can get very, very specific with your messaging that leads people on very specific with your messaging in the funnel. Uh, you can have very specific targeted offers in the upsells and the downsells. And having that type of control over your metrics and influence over your metrics makes such a big impact to acquiring customers from paid traffic where you need to maximize the conversion rate and the average order value to be able to strong ROAS from your advertising. So every e-commerce business, in my opinion, has to have a good funnel in place for customer acquisition. I totally agree because the time from the click to the sale, if it's greater than seven days, Facebook loses the trail now. And it's likely that that happens. You know, we run analysis when people come in on it from CRM create to sale date. And then some of these e-commerce people, well, I don't really do lead gen. I'm like, okay, well, you got a Clavio and there's X people in there that are before that didn't buy. So you are doing lead gen, whether you realize it or not. Let's just run math on them, knowing that there's clicks prior to them showing up in Clavio. And it ends up being always, always greater than a week that it takes that to cross over half of your sales, mm-hmm. which means, okay, over half of my sales are, 
Facebook's not equipped to track. So that means what, which I need people that act in that reality with the strategy you mentioned are just that much ahead of the people that don't, you mm -hmm. know, it's just, there's another edge you have. You're looking at the totally. whole picture and the reality of what happens, not what you think or want to happen. So mm -hmm. I've always been, uh, our poster child was get Maine lobster and it was capture leads with a simple opt-in that was hideous and then redirect them to the page they were going to buy on anyway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yep. then you've got the lead to retarget if nothing else, or they might, or they buy and they go, okay, I unlocked access to my coupon or whatever. So given that you're doing the, the funnel approach, then how does it a uh, top of the funnel versus middle versus bottom? How do you define those in a, for you with e-com and how do you approach each differently? Yeah, no, that's awesome. I love that question too. Because that, that really mirrors our ARM5 formula process uh, that we've seen working so well to maximize ROAS with e-commerce businesses worked with in the past several years. Because part of it is the authority piece, which is that A in ARM, and that's top of the funnel. And uh, we really maximize top of the funnel by creating really, really good research-backed, well-written, valuable content, blog articles, and amplifying the attention of those blog articles with Facebook ads uh, traditionally. So this way we can get a lot of people into the top of the funnel with a 10 to 20% on average uh, percent of a client's uh, ad spend budget. So this way we can get a lot of traffic at the top and really educate and nurture people on the brand that we're representing. And then we can obviously target them down the funnel. So that's a big part of our process. And that's the top of the funnel. Uh, middle of the funnel typically are using acquisition type funnels for acquiring leads and customers. Um, but we also sometimes do just lead gen funnels, like what you did with uh, Get Main Lobster, where we're just driving people to some sort of lead gen offer just to get them into the database so we can follow up with them. We do, we do do that as well, where we're stacking you know, different lead gen offers to really be able to maximize that traffic at the top of the funnel and convert them in, in the middle of the funnel into leads. So we do do that quite a bit as well. And then bottom of the funnel, retargeting with ads, because you know those are going to be uh, high ROAS activities plus uh, driving people to promos consistently throughout a 12-month period, um, driving people to special customer-targeted, customer-focused offers that are monetization-type offers to really maximize our customer lifetime value, and just you know, really nurturing our database too you know, on that level as well. So that's, that kind of describes our overall top, middle, bottom funnel approach uh, that also mirrors what we do with the on five formula. So then... Within that funnel, you're going to get people that will opt in but not purchase. Then how do you tie in the email messaging? Like, do you guys do the copywriting and then any specific hooks or offers or things that you try that have better success than more in e-com? Yeah, yeah, no, we do. I mean, um, I'm very thankful that I have this relationship. But uh, over the last six months, I've brought on, um, in my opinion, one of the world's top copywriters into my team, Kevin Hill. Uh, he's done over 400 million in sales through copy. He's worked for Russell Brunson, GKIC, Dan Kennedy, a bunch of others. And so he handles uh, all of our kind of copy, at least from a review perspective. We have some other copywriters as well. But he handles the bulk of our copywriting. And so we're doing ongoing email marketing, sometimes even on a daily basis with some of the brands that we work with. And we're tracking everything as far as open click-through rates and sales too, through Clavio to see effectiveness so just where we can really pinpoint the hot buttons that we're pressing. And we're doing that on a consistent basis in addition to having automated flows built out in 
Flavio or Active Campaign traditionally to be able to also get people to come back to their cart, for example, if they abandon the cart or to immediately upsell them uh, with an additional offer if they don't take advantage of the upsell offer that we make in the funnel or on the website. So, so we're definitely handling all that aspect as well. So with IDFA, Apple comes out, Apple, Facebook, all the right to track stuff. How's that thrown things for a loop for you guys and how are you counteracting it? Yeah, that's a great question because uh, it's been like a very you know, hot topic all year just about. I've been basically kind of redirecting each of the brands and clients we work with and also you know, coaching clients I work with and just really recommending to them that they have an omni-channel approach for one. This way, they're not overly reliant on Facebook for getting leads and getting customers and getting row ads from their ad spend as well. Uh, besides that, I've been really recommending, especially to the companies that are really ready for it, I've been recommending sophisticated solutions like Wicked Reports. Uh, this way, they can get their tracking taken care of and get clarity. And in my opinion, it's really a no-brainer if you're spending at least ten or even 20000 a month in ads. I think you should have a Wicked Reports. If they don't, have that, then what we're doing is we're using a lot of uh, offline conversion data. So we're uploading a lot of sales data that we get, the brands of the clients we work with into Facebook to be able to at least have some visibility on mm -hmm. the people that are being advertised to on uh, Facebook and also to train the pixel and the algorithm to work in our favor as well. So we've been doing that fairly consistently now too. Uh, so those are some of the things that we've been doing. Um, we also have set up like zaps between say shopify and offline conversions too to be able to do that same thing if we're not if, if the manual process it isn't something is, isn't something that uh, we need to do we'll just, we'll just do it automatically instead it just depends on the client the brand that we're working with but those are some of the things that we've been doing uh to really really be able to still get really really good results from just facebook and ads in general and it's just a matter of just really really paying attention to the data and using you know the data that we have access to whether it's google analytics or whether it's wicked which i'd love for everybody to use wicked but that's not always the case unfortunately <laughs> but yeah it's just really just leveraging that data and just really making sure we make actionable decisions based on the data and what we're seeing in the results the top of the funnel i want to talk about that a little bit more just because it's such a challenge just particularly now with the seven day attribution window on facebook i mean i know with google they have a little bit longer one but still uh can be challenging so what portion of the budget do you generally recommend? I mean, know everyone's different, but just generically e-com, how much do you think has to go to top of the funnel? And then how patient are the clients on top of the funnel spend? Because sometimes it can take a little bit of time to bear fruit. What do you have to offer there for us? <laughs> yeah, I know that's so true. You know, I mean, but uh, you know, it really depends on where the company's at you know, when they first work with us and um, what their goals are. As well, I mean, because you know, there's just different scenarios. Like, for example, if it's a, a like a company that has maybe a thousand, two thousand dollar ad budget, it's all about getting customers getting sales. You know, they they don't need an awareness step driving people to content because they just need to transform those dollars into you know customers and, and sales and, and profits. And so that's what they need to focus on. And so that just comes down to you know really really good laser focused marketing targeting the small percent of people in each market that are ready to purchase and making them an incredible offer with good messaging and driving them to a high converting funnel. But then there's other companies that are more established that, you know, have ad spend budgets that are fairly significant. 
and they have already had some traction. They've already had some sales coming from their ad spend. Those companies, you know, those ones have more liberty to move their dollars into really using about 10 or 20% of their budget towards awareness and you know, driving people to content, which will build that middle of the funnel up and reduce cost per customer and uh, increase ROAS in the process as well. There's a little friction sometimes with that because companies want to, they don't want to lose sales in the process and they want to keep gaining. And so there definitely is that challenge of, okay, so let's, when we take over like an ad account, for example, we really have to deep dive into what's been working and what hasn't really, you know, cut that and really focus on the good stuff and, and do better than they've been doing. So this way then we can then justify adding in that awareness. It will make a big impact to the ROAS across the board with all their advertising. Uh, so that's typically like the, the approach from a high level that we take when we have that situation where we really need to kind of redirect the ship a little bit to be able to maximize the ROAS by adopting the on-platform. So last question here. What do you think uh, in general, e-com customers marketing in this environment, what's the the top keys to success for like the rest of 2021? What would you say like the must-dos that people need to act on? That's not an easy question. <laughs> we can edit this out if you're like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. I'll do my best to answer it off the top of my head. But I mean, for one, just plan in advance promos, you know, um, you know, don't be caught with your pants down, you know, when a promo comes around, when an opportunity comes around. If you plan in advance, then you're going to be able to maximize the second half of 2021 with all the promo opportunities, especially with you know, Black Friday and you know, stuff like that as well. Also, to really maximize Black Friday, adopt this awareness strategy and you know, having a top of the funnel strategy where you're publishing good, valuable content, you're driving people that content because the people that, the businesses that maximize Black Friday in December are the ones that have market awareness and, are, and have a significant brand in that market. I've seen that time and time again. We've seen some just ridiculous results Black Friday in, in December. I mean, I, I actually had some screenshots like ready to dive into, but I mean, for example, I'll just pull up like Black Friday. Like one year, we were running a Black Friday for a company and they generated just under 330000 just from November 28th to December 2nd. And <laughs> they only spent $4,428. That's it. So that was like a 6348% ROI. Yeah. And they were able to do that because they have the on-flight formula, because they're using that top of funnel strategy to really build up their audience instead of trying to get every single ad to get customers. Mm -hmm. Not about that. You know, you got to use a true marketing approach, which is capturing people's awareness, educating them, building that trust, building that relationship, giving them value, giving them an incredible offer, turning them into a customer, and then maximizing the revenue from that customer and turning them into you know, brand ambassadors, you know, that whole process. I would recommend that companies really, really build that top of the funnel now with 8% of their budgets. So this way, when holidays come around, they can crush it and they can see significant ROAS like what we've seen when we've worked with companies during the holidays. So that's a huge one. Besides that, you know, just get really systematic with their marketing and their analytics and their optimization and really take, you know, pay attention to it, care about it, don't neglect it. Look at your analytics on a consistent basis. See what's working, what isn't. Make actionable uh, recommendations to your staff or if you're handling it yourself, handle it yourself. So this way you can keep making those gains throughout the year. So this way when the opportunity comes to be able to make a ton of revenue because of the holidays, you have a significant budget from the, all those profits you could put back in to then turn that into even more money. Well said, Josh. I love it. 
thanks a lot for your time. And I'm sure people get a lot from this episode and have a great rest of 2021. I'll see you at Traffic and Conversion Summit. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for having me, Scott. I appreciate it, man. 